This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Now, last week, you heard the story about the concerns from environmental stewards regarding emaciated grizzly bears in the Knight Inlet area. There were some pictures that we saw of a sow and two cubs that had been taken by a Port McNeil wildlife photographer and a tour guide, Rolf Hicker. They raised alarms from residents who said the bears were likely suffering because of the abysmal Pacific salmon return this year. So CKNW contributor Claire Allen spoke with Ernest Alfred, a representative from, from Swanson Occupation. That's an organization that's working to have open net pens removed from the waters. Alfred and others had made news earlier this month when they decided to feed the bears 500 pink salmon that had been donated from the Atelier Gay Fishery Society on Vancouver Island. So we brought those that 500 uh, pink salmon to to shore uh, and and left it there in the estuary. And within a very short period of time, the, the bears had moved in, and to me it looked like like a like a dog that you know hasn't eaten properly in a couple of days or so. Or a seagull, which just swallows their food. They don't even taste it. And that, to me, was so sad. And to watch these little cubs, um, grizzly bears, starving right in front of our eyes. And this has been going on. This has been a problem, you know, for a number of years. Like I say, the uh, tourism uh, guides have been saying, you know, they watch these bears from a distance for a long period of time, sometimes up to an hour, and these bears are just staring into the river, waiting and waiting, waiting for these fish to show up, and they're not. Oh, that's so sad, isn't it? That's Ernest Alfred. Now, the Department of Fisheries and Oceans has since told Alfred and other environmental stewards to not feed the bears. That will likely lead to more problems and them becoming dependent on that food. But what to do? Like, what's happening there? Well, Dr. Ken McQuiston is a wildlife veterinarian and managing director uh, for the Grouse Mountain Wildlife Refuge. And he was also shocked when he saw those pictures. And he, too, would like to know more about this and get some answers. So he's joining us now. Thank you so much for being here. Well, hi, Cindy. I'm pleased to speak to you. Have you ever seen a situation like that before? You know, I've never seen um, a bear so emaciated that wasn't... uh, otherwise sick from something else if uh, it's very hard to know if those three bears in those pictures are actually starving or whether they're dealing with some other condition is there any way for us to find that out well you basically have to get your hands on it but if there was if there was one bear that's one thing there's lots of reasons for bears to become emaciated Uh, on a body score of five those bears would be a one the ribs are showing the backbones are showing the the hip bones are showing, so they really have virtually no body fat. So if, if one bear was like that, we'd wonder about whether it's sick in some way. But the good news is that there's very few things that make bears sick except for conditions like broken teeth or blockages in the intestine or things like that. So, so those are definitely possible, but when you have a mother bear and also the cubs um, looking the same way, either the cubs are still getting some nutrition from the mother from nursing and just aren't, or um, they're all suffering from the same problem. 
And have we heard of anything kind of in the area? Like, are there other uh, bears that we've heard of this happening? Like, the Pacific Salmon Run wasn't great, but it was, wasn't great in a pretty large area. Well, I haven't heard of other bears uh, emaciated to the degree that those ones are in that picture. I, I, I'd be very interested to know if there are others. And then, and then if there are, then that would point to some common cause. So what can be done here then, Dr. McQuiston? Like, we obviously don't want to see this happen, but how do we prevent this from happening? Well, if we can find out what the cause is, then hopefully we can deal with it. So the, the theory is right now is that uh, the, the, at this time of year when bears are at their hyperphagic state where they're ingesting enormous amounts of calories is that their calorie supply is, is missing. And um, if it is, uh, and they are for some reason staying, waiting for it to show up or not moving somewhere else to go find it, um, then then we need to address uh, the cause of that. Now, that doesn't, doesn't help these bears this year. Um, so I'm kind of impressed by the the efforts of the locals to uh, help the local situation. Yeah, how much, how much fish, do, how much salmon do these bears need to thrive? Well, the, the bears up at Grouse Mountain right now are consuming about fifty to sixty thousand calories a day. Uh, that's the equivalent of about one hundred to one hundred and twenty Big Macs um, uh, a day, and uh, the, and so on average, our, ours are fairly big bears, and they're going to go to sleep for five months. And they need to store up the the fat to get them through that time. The bears, typically the smaller uh, female bears, they would consume twenty to 30,000, so they're, they're still eating the equivalent of 60 uh, hamburgers a day. So they're, and, they, and they're looking for high-calorie opportunities, and of course, one of the highest-calorie opportunities is, is salmon. Right, so if these bears aren't getting salmon, is there anything that can be done to help them before it's time for them to hibernate? Well, um, this gets me in trouble with lots of, uh, of the wildlife authorities. Um, I, I don't see any reason why you can't put, uh, do some supplemental feeding of bears to get them through a hard time. Um, the argument is, is that they would become uh, food conditioned and count on it from, uh, from human hands and habituated to human presence. But they, there's certainly a way to deliver food to areas without the bears know it's coming from people. Right, and you feel that you could still do that without them becoming dependent on it. That's right. They're very opportunistic. It's just like we feed uh, uh, birds at, at bird feeders all the time, but uh, when the when the seed dries up, the bears the birds fly away and go find another source. And bears are like that too. They're they're very mobile. They can cover tremendous distances. They can cover any kind of territory, and they and they're omnivores, and so they have a wide variety of food. They'll, they'll eat insects and 85% of their diet is plant material. But at this time of year, they're looking for the high-calorie opportunities. They're going after uh, uh, seeds. And, um, and, and and on the West Coast, salmon is a, is a major staple that allows the bears to go safely into hibernation. So then as a way to do this, to place it where they would normally be looking for food? Sure. And, that, and, as, and as long as you do that in a way that uh, they don't think the dinner bell went and that then here comes the people and here comes right. the food, then, then you could get it done. So you can strategically put food out that the bears don't associate it with people. Right, but um, here we are. It's like, you know, almost middle of October. Are we? Is anybody going to do this in time to save these particular bears? 
Well, I, I understand that it has been an effort to do that, and um, somebody actually came up with 500 salmon that they were able to, or willing to uh, spread on the shore. So I think that's, acting, from my point of view, commendable. Commendable, but yet the DFO is telling them not to do it. So I guess there, are people having to kind of break the rules to do this? Well, you never want to break the rules, but it would be nice if the rule makers could uh, 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 relax them under uh, extreme circumstances. Um, the worry, uh, as I say, is that they're worried that these bears will then somehow be affected and become a, a potential danger or nuisance for people in the future as a result of this feeding. Uh, I'm, I would maintain strongly that it's quite possible to accomplish the goal of saving these bears in the short term um, without having that happen. Right. So is there, is there any effort being made here, Doctor, to, to, to do that study of these bears, to somehow get a hold of one of these bears to see what's going on? I haven't heard that, but uh, from my perspective, we'd be very interested because it's quite possible that if somebody from, uh, uh, that was to go out and tranquilize a bear, do blood tests, do a physical exam, and do the analysis, might find that there's a there's a surprise uh, answer as to why these bears are, are, are emaciated. It might be something that we haven't even thought of yet. But but right now we're left to kind of point to the, the most obvious causes that we can think of, which is uh, just simply, a, 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 a first off, a lack of food supply. But that, but that needs to be proven. Right. Well, Dr. McQuiston, thank you so much for talking to us about it. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. That's Dr. Ken McQuiston, a wildlife veterinarian and managing director for the Grouse Mountain Wildlife Refuge.